It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hadit podcast here. On this uh, 29th day of December, 2016, just a couple more days and we'll be uh, into the New Year's, so everyone out there be really careful if you're going anywhere on New Year's, and uh, have a happy New Year, and a better one than you had this year, I hope. But anyway, we're here today with our co-host, Jay Bassett, and today our guest speaker is James Cripps, and uh, I think Ray Cobb's going to be here, too. He'll he'll, uh, be tuning in here directly. Uh, So, how are you doing tonight, uh, James? Doing good. Sitting around nursing a cold, but other than that, um, I'm living a good life. I'm, I'm at the point in my life now where I hate to see a day end, uh, but yet I'm anxious to get started on the next day. So uh, that, that's kind of a plateau for an old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, say, uh, did you happen to read today where that bet veteran in Albuquerque, New Mexico, had uh, committed suicide there in front of the medical center? I haven't uh, seen the news today. I've been out there fooling around with my truck. But... Uh, you know, I know that happened not long ago. It seems like maybe three weeks ago or so. Um, I hate to hear that, but no, Gerald, I did. I hadn't heard of that. Well, I think it was, he done it on the 22nd of December, and uh, the VA refused to release any info on it. Uh, uh, Benjamin Krauss, he wrote an article on it. Uh, but uh, uh, it sounds like it could have been a psychological deal. Well, you know, if he took his own life, surely it was. And uh, but it, you know, such a sad story that a poor veteran was driven to the point of doing that. Right before Christmas, so you know how bad his family was hurting. Well, you know that's uh, that's happened to veterans before, and that's going to continue to happen to veterans. I'm afraid I don't it know is. What, yeah. I, I I don't know what could be done to stop it, but well, what really gets me is DA don't make any comments about it, and they don't have to. Now, who else on God's green earth don't have to answer to something like that other than VA? How did they get so uppity and hobnobbity that they don't have to to say anything? You know, gosh, 
You're talking about accountability. That's where it starts. They should have to release some kind of statement. It uh, it really got me uh, bum puzzled. Uh, yeah, uh, here's a veteran there right in front of the hospital, doggone it. It just, uh, you know, if they'd had one of their psychiatrists go down and talk to him, maybe they didn't have time or whatever. But uh, for some reason, uh, he wanted to call attention to that hospital, evidently, and uh, he sure did. That's that's the biggest one uh, in New Mexico, I guess, there at Albuquerque. And it, and it said the rating went from a two down to a one, and a one as low as you can go. So they wasn't very high rated to begin with. So the place should have been under some kind of investigation. Well, the last one to commit suicide like that was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And I think they have the lowest rating of one. Um. But they turned the guy away, and he did a video on his cell phone before he committed suicide saying that they just threw him out. Uh, Yeah. You know, no veteran should walk out out of a medical facility with anything less than a smile on his face. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And Yeah, yeah. You know, it, he might have told him. He may have, I don't know, he may have told him that he was going outside and do something foolish. And and they could have institutionalized him. Now, don't tell me they're not that, they're that unprofessional that they can't recognize someone in dire distress. Now, I know some of these guys are, are pretty good at covering things up, but uh, surely they're they're putting out some sort of signal that it can be recognized. Um, you know, those people are medical professionals. They should yeah. always, always give the veteran... Um, the benefit, the benefit of the doubt, you know, if the veterans say it's just like pain, you know, you 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 have under the patient's bill of rights. If you say you're in pain, they're supposed to take your word for it, and that's no different. If you say you're in pain mentally, you know, they should have to pay attention to you. That I agree. that, need, that needs to be adopted under the patient's bill of rights. Well, there has to be something there. It's, uh, you know, it's just something I feel should not be happening. I know, uh, you know, we have people that uh, are so unstable that there's not much you can do to prevent it. But uh, if they're that unstable, 
and it's recognized by a professional, it can be preventative. They can uh, lock, you know, put them in the institution there until they they get them squared away with some sort of medication. Well, preventive is one thing, Gerald, but the VA in itself is capable of even causing you know, such problems, driving somebody to suicide. Well, uh, I, I hope to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. Uh, in, in, in my own situation, they've done so, you know, right up to the point of suicide. Well, uh, they'll, they'll do it to her. Such a heartless, scheming bunch of... Uh, I mean, you just have to put yourself in a train of thought to deal with them. I mean, you know, otherwise they'll eat you up mentally and physically. Once you learn how to deal with the VA, you're right. Once you learn how to deal with them, and you learn patience. But when you first start out with the VA, it's just like they're standing there holding their foot on your head below water. Oh, oh. man. It's just yeah. unbelievable, the pressure. I I know. Yeah, you're right. And you just have, you just have to learn to adapt to the situation. And uh, it's not easy to do. Because you you're going to see a lot of setbacks. <laughs> and, you uh, have to learn it. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then it's something that you can't teach to others. You suggest that they learn it, but you can't teach them that. No. Um, Just tell them, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's rough going, but I guess... Some reach the point that they're at the bitter end. I don't know. You know, I got a never... good friend. I got a good friend. Uh, he's been a welder all of his life, and they come around and put computers on their welders. And this guy's, you know, he's in his sixties. He don't know anything about computers, and he couldn't learn to use the welder, so they fired him. Hmm. Uh, he applied for his Social Security disability, and, of course, they turned him down. And he applied for his vet, vet, veterans' benefits. He's a Vietnam veteran. Um, he's 100% permanent total now and has been for a while, but he, he wasn't back then. And he just decided after they turned him down that he would be better off dead. His family couldn't support his family anymore. And the police pulled over behind him one night. He was out of his truck. And they asked him what he was doing, and he said he had lost something off his truck the day before. Yeah. But what he was doing was was trying to figure out the best angle that he could hit that bluff to make sure it would kill him. Oh, my. It was just um, a coincidence that that police officer pulled over behind him. And gave him just a little bit of time to change his mind. Oh, I, you know, I, I can understand what drove him to the point. 
Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of us that can. It's unfortunate for those that are not able to. You know, that's uh, you got to get a grip of yourself and take that deep breath and say, "I got to keep going." You know. Well, you know, they uh, they denied my claim. Uh, they they don't only deny you; they just grind you like like putting a cigarette out on an ashtray. Yeah. Yeah, and I got the feeling feeling sorry for myself, and I was I look back and I was really depressed back then. And on national TV, I threatened suicide. So the next day, the VA called me, uh, one of their counselors, and she said, "Miss Cripps, so, so you threatened suicide on national TV." I said, "Yes, ma'am, I did." And at the time, they were garnishing my Social Security check for medication co-payments that I couldn't make. Uh, we were eating off the Vietnam Veterans of America food program. I didn't have any tags on my car. I didn't have any insurance. I didn't have any homeowner's insurance. We were just surviving. We were in survival mode. So she said, Mr. Cripps, you know I'm going to have to bring you in for an evaluation. I said, okay. She said, I'll make you an appointment. Can you be here tomorrow at certain time. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, now, i got to tell you, there'll be a $50 copay. I said, ma'am, I might be suicidal, but I'm not stupid. You cancel that appointment. Now, can you imagine what that did to me? Well, yeah, I can imagine. I still think about the horrors of, the, of, the, of that day. You know, I was already down. I couldn't go any any anymore. And That's the same like as she, saying, she saying, she just saying on me, I'll cock the gun for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But, you know, that, that actually happened. I was at the end of my rope. Um, couldn't support my family anymore. Wasn't any good to anybody. And then she pulled that. Oh, man. So, yeah, I can understand. I can understand these guys' pain. It's a sad deal. I know I I read it yesterday, and I was rereading it again today and kept thinking, how in the world could this be prevented? And uh, I don't know. You can't get to some of them. That's, you know, that's sad. You try to get to everybody you can. Oh, uh, 607? That's Uh, me, Gerald. Oh, hi, Berta. Hi. I I had to call in three times. (laughs) Um, The reason I called in, uh, oh, by the way, on that Albuquerque deal, yeah. Uh, the latest VA spin I heard was that the family had not been notified yet. Well, and, and, I, and I'm thinking that seems almost impossible. Well, but, yeah, uh, we're going to hear yeah. more about Albuquerque. You can back that. Well, yes, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't planning to bring it up. It just uh, was on top of my head. And, 
and I just popped it out there because I know, and, and like James knows, they, and of course you do too, and so does John. We all know what a deal is uh, trying to work with the VA. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You gotta be in another state of mind to be able to deal with them, and so I, I thought I'd, you know, people shouldn't give up hope. They, there's got to be more than one one way of whooping that dirty dog, <laughs> and you have to do it. Yeah. Don't it's let come. them win. You, you have to leave it's no come. stone unturned. Like James did. Yeah, right. That's what I did, too. Uh, Gerald, I can't stay on the phone long. I'm going to listen uh, through the um, regular uh, uh, how to site in a minute. I'll have to hang up. But I want, uh, you know, we have at least two or three new threads on Agent Orange that we got in the past week. And these were uh, veterans were that were not in Vietnam, apparently not in Thailand. And uh, uh-huh. I'm kind of hoping that they're listening in, or, or at least will catch the show. And one was the new member who I put you in touch with. Uh, yes. I, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I hope they... I did speak to them today for a yeah. couple of times and send oh. them some information. Yeah. So well, I appreciate that. And well, uh, now, was that the veteran that was also in... Uh, Alaska. Uh, he... Well, I think he was in Fort Beatrick. Yeah, uh, I'm getting him a little bit mixed up now because I'm not really looking at the yeah. board. But uh, in any event, um, uh, Ray Cobb, uh, he's not on yet, and I have to apologize to him. And, uh, James, I'm going to do it through you and Gerald on this show. Uh, what happened was I was pretty sure he was awarded for Agent Orange exposure at Fort McClellan. Yes, he was. Well, I was 99% sure, but I wanted to Google uh, him and make make myself 100% sure. And uh, in the Googling I did, something came up at Haddock where he had posed a question to me in my profile at Haddock on my profile page. And this was months ago, and I, I never read that stuff. Uh, I, I only focus in on the main stuff at the main board because... Uh, uh, my time is so limited, I don't even think to go to my profile half the time. He had an 1151 issue regarding vision. Uh, I never responded to him because I never saw it until today. Uh, it, the next time you're in touch with Ray, uh, or if he comes to our show, um, would you ask him to post his 1151 issue uh, in the either the 1151 forum at Haddock? Or, you know, maybe under claims research, because that way I'll be sure to see it. And if he's in the main forum, everything I know about 1151 is a click away, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I suggested he contact you about that 1151. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I copied what he uh, put in my profile. Uh, Berta, I would like to find the information if I have an 1151 claim for loss of vision. James Cripps gave me uh, your name. I am Ray Cobb, and I won the first Agent Orange claim in Fort McClellan, Alabama. Thank you. And uh, so uh, I could see on Google that it was from his 
profile thing or a PM. It was not anywhere on, because I looked all over Hattiesport. Uh, it was never put into the 1151 forum. So uh, I feel bad about that, but uh, uh, it's just a, a time element with me. And um, I just I don't read my profile stuff too much because uh, I, I, it's hard to answer a question in a, on a, in a profile in a personal message or anything like that. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Gerald, uh, the woman that I was able to give your phone number to, that is the first time I even opened up my PM, the personal messenger, in probably uh, six or seven months. I don't even use that. Yeah. You know. Well, we made contact today, and I'm going to send her, I sent her a bunch of uh, information, and I told her I'd send her some more and contact her again tomorrow. Yeah. So, so it sounds we, we, good. We we have two or three uh, recent Agent Orange threads. James, it will never be over. Oh, Agent no. Orange no, will never be over. It is still disabling and killing veterans, and uh, and it just really makes me sick. Uh, I've been involved with Agent Orange since 1991. Uh, my husband, and then when he died, I was. We were both in the settlement fund. Well, the settlement, HR Settlement Fund, had nothing to do with the VA. They didn't care about that at all. Uh, and the only requirement for the settlement fund, this is when Dow and everybody in Monsanto was sued, was there were two requirements, proof of service in Vietnam and then proof of a total disabling disability. And it didn't matter what the disability was. Uh, but luckily, um, the Agent Orange regulations uh, came into play, and of course, C-123 pilots, certain pilots are now eligible for uh, Agent Orange exposure compensation. Uh, the ships list has grown year after year uh, at the VA website of ships that were exposed to Agent Orange, and um, some good things have happened. But uh, still, it is killing our veterans, and I bet you a dollar to a donut, a lot of veterans don't even know that they may have a presumptive condition. Especially in the continental United States. Right. Yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think there's been about at least three McClellan Awards. Uh, I think uh, Ray's was the first. But uh, I, I read another one today at the BVA, uh, a, a very interesting uh, award. Uh, I think this guy was a warehouse man, and that's how he was exposed. And there's no question it was there. And he was stationed where? Uh, McClellan, Fort McClellan, McClellan Alabama. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, Ray, Ray is an un- unsung hero uh, for busting that first case wide open down there at Fort McClellan. You bet. He is so tenacious. I mean, he left no stone unturned. Uh, Ray's a smart fellow. He must and, be. Yeah, must. And, and, you know, to deal with a claim like that uh, and win it, yeah, he's an unsung hero. And I'm surprised that more people hadn't taken advantage of that win and followed Ray's footsteps. Well, uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised, too, because that's what happened uh, when uh, Kurt Pressman uh, won that first Thailand uh, claim. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. And he won it at the regional level, which is also quite outstanding. And uh, because of his work, they developed the pilot regulations. So it, it really just does take one person. It would be great if somebody could pressure the VA to uh, work on regulations for Fort McClellan. It, w- it was definitely there. There are some of those girls down there that have been fighting that for 40 years. Boy, boy. Uh, I don't know whether you remember Irish or not. Agnes uh, Breshman. Yeah. Do you remember her? Died at her, yes. re- at her hearing? Yes. Uh, Kurt was fighting his. I was fighting mine. Irish was fighting hers all at the same time. We all knew each other. Uh and two, three, four o'clock in the morning, I could I could email Irish and say, "Are you there, Irish?" And it wouldn't be thirty seconds. She would she would come back. Boy. Uh, but Boy. yeah, we all fought together, and she was so tenacious. Yeah. And she actually, her daddy was a congressman, and she oh. actually won her case uh, back about ninety four. But the VA, instead of, of, of giving her herbicide exposure, they awarded her toxic chemical exposure. So later on, when she came down with these other presumptive diseases, they weren't allowed because she was given toxic exposure instead oh. of Agent Orange or herbicide. Oh, how do you like that? I never, I never knew exactly how that turned out. Yeah, that's what made her so mad and made her fight so hard and eventually killed her. Boy, oh boy, yeah, yeah. It's been she's been gone a long time. Yeah, yeah, a uh, long time. Uh, I think she died before my husband did, and that would have been at least twenty-two years ago. Oh, she was a brave lady. Um, yeah, she. It's, it's but really, we used to all really um, I was those girls, and we all communicated together and kept in touch, and, and I just knew that after Ray won his case, you know, they would fall, and I tried to encourage it, but I don't think they ever got anywhere with it. Boy, boy. Well, like you said, you have to be tenacious. Uh, it's the only thing that'll work. Well, I was at the VA hospital in Nashville one day. And the elevator, I was waiting on the elevator, me and my wife, and the elevator came down. And when the door opened, Dr. Dewey Dunn was standing standing there staring me in the face. Now, he's the environmental clinician for Nashville and Murfreesboro Hospital, or was back then. And when his eyes contacted mine, he reached out of that elevator and grabbed me by the shirt collar and snatched me on the elevator. Oh. He said, he said, this is no coincidence. I just tried to call you. I've got somebody oh. you need to speak to. Oh, my. So we went up to his office, and he looked him up, and it was Ray Cobb. He said, you've oh. got to help. He said, you've got to help this guy. Uh, and that's how Ray and I met. Boy, boy. That, that's just absolutely incredible. You know, oh, I still love your idea, James. When you were at Fort Gordon, you brought blank. Twenty-one forty-one thirty-eight with you. Uh, oh, I, I, I was pretty them. impressed about that. <laughs> I carried, I carried them on a clipboard, <laughs> everywhere I went. I mean, um, you know, what, what a you know, great you deal! Get, 
you can get somebody walking down the road to write you a life statement. You never know when you're going to run into evidence, so you better be prepared. That's right. That's right. Boy. Oh. Uh, yeah, everything I got from Fort Gordon, I got five five uh, forty-one thirty-eights filled out. Wow. At Fort Gordon. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's, uh, I mentioned that to a veteran and had it one day, but they didn't think it was a good idea uh, because they felt, um, well, they wanted to pursue uh, getting a buddy statement a different way. I, I forget what way it was. But I, it was my understanding that at the bottom of that form, uh, they do take an oath, right? Is, is there an oath statement before you sign your name that you testify it's true? That is the reason for carrying a 4138 because of that statement. That's, that's right. And I couldn't get through to them on that point, but I just figured, well, you know, let them do it their way. I'm not going to argue with anybody. Uh, we had an odd claim, too. Uh, I'm just going to mention this claim real quick, uh, Jim and Gerald. Is John around, John Bather? Yeah, he's here. Oh, okay. Has he been talking? <laughs> uh, John, he hasn't had a chance. Oh, he oh, oh, I'm okay. well, well, I'm definitely going to get off real quick uh, <laughs> and let John do the talking. Uh, we had a, a, a veteran. Let me see. Um, oh, gee. Uh, I can't find it. I'm at the site now. Uh, a, a veteran had um, prostate cancer, you know, which they only rate usually at 100% for six months and rate on the residuals. Prior to that, he had a renal, uh, a rectal cancer, which was, they thought a soft tissue sarcoma, but apparently it was not. And uh, they're afraid that he's going to lose uh, the 100% for the prostate cancer. But he uh, had a surgeon uh, outside of the VA uh, that um, helped him with his prostate cancer, which was compounded by the way the VA had treated his rectal cancer, which which they said was not an agent orange disability. And I advised the woman to contact, I think it was the wife that was asking, uh, to contact that surgeon. If they're a non-VA surgeon, to me that means real doctor. <laughs> and to see if this real doctor would, um, you know, give an ample IMO, IME, that the prostate cancer is permanent and total, if it, if it in fact is. So they wouldn't have to worry about that because they're checking this guy's residuals all the time. But then it occurred to me, uh, James, that at the same time, an IMO doctor could look at the rectal cancer. Now, she calls it rectal cancer. I'm more familiar with uh, colon rectal cancer. Uh, I had an 1151 vet with that. If she could get a real doctor to say that the non-service-connected rectal cancer was not from Agent Orange, however... The surgery under 1151 was uh, improper, and because of it, it you know, and could give some rationale that he felt it was malpractice. It could have compounded their treatment for the prostate cancer, which well, it could I have kind metastasized. of see when I read it between the lines. Yeah, it could have metastasized. Uh, well, uh, 
Uh, I'm pretty sure I asked her that, John, and I'm pretty sure she said it didn't. But it, even if it did metastasize, uh, they would not consider the rectal cancer as from Agent Orange. Well, now, now that, that's not right, Berta. I, I, it's I not, know. It, it's, it, not, it, it's not a presumptive, but now if she can get Nexus letters saying that it was caused by service connection, then it don't have to be a presumptive. No, no. She'd have to prove it on a direct exposure basis. Yeah. Uh, now, he's already service-connected for Agent Orange prostate cancer. Well, oh. there you go. You know, they've already conceded his exposure. Right. But so all she, needs, all she needs is about three nexus letters uh, saying that, that rectal cancer was caused by his Agent Orange exposure. She don't need it. You know, she'll never presumptively connect it, probably. But with three good, strong nexus letters, yeah, she can do that. Sure, because even what the uh, wife seems to think it's a soft tissue sarcoma, but there's a good chance that in his medical records it might have a completely different diagnosis and not be a soft tissue sarcoma, and and it could in fact maybe be, um, you know, something else that would be presumptive. But you're right; if she can connect it directly, that would be wonderful. Uh, yeah, thanks exactly. Thanks a lot because. That makes sense, what you said, and what I told uh, the spouse, I feel a lot better about because I, I felt, you know, now I know it makes sense what I suggested. I mean, the best thing of all, uh, they are thinking of pursuing 1151 on the way the rectal cancer was handled. And, you know, I'm on 1151, or I've won, uh, yeah, a whole bunch of, I mean, they really buggered my husband up the yang yang. But for 1151, I'll tell you, I, I went FTCA without a medical opinion, without a lawyer. I had to practically become a doctor to do that. Uh, so sure. I, I, I yeah. wrote a little thing in the uh, somewhere I had it today about the fact that when we advise as a board, the had a board, for someone to get a, an IMO or an IME, we're serious, and we know that it's going to be costly in most cases. But, you know, it's the only way to go on a lot of these claims. It's the only way to go. Unless somebody wants to study um, a whole lot of medicine like I did, and it was miserable. I mean, it's miserable to study medical stuff and not be able to earn a degree with all the stuff you study, you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, I... Uh, I fully believe that people should get an IMO. I used to see Dr. Bass's name at the at the board once in a while. This was years ago, and uh, many years ago. And uh, finally, he was the person I contacted for a uh, different claim to get an IMO from. He wrote two of them. And then in the meantime, I got a freebie from a, a former VA uh, neurologist who treated my husband and who had diagnosed him with diabetes, and the VA crossed out his diagnosis. They never treated him for diabetes, and I proved it, 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 it contributed to his death because I figured out the words they used that they crossed out. I mean, we're dealing with people that are ruthless. We are dealing with... If this lady can get one IME... 
And then all she needs after that is two concurring IMOs, which would give her three. If you can get, if you can go before the board with three nexus letters, yeah, that's overwhelming evidence. Oh, it they're is. Not gonna, yeah, they're not going to fool with it. Well, I want so all it takes three. is yeah, just one You're IME right. and You're then right. two concur two concurring IMOs. Uh, and IMOs. Right uh, yeah, that was, yeah. That was my experience. I had two IMOs uh, from Dr. Bash. I had a freebie from a neuro in email. Uh, Dr. Bash contacted him, and he put it on his letterhead, the same thing. And they, so the VA considered that as the third IMO. Then, since they only had two CMPs against the claim, uh, I asked the board to remand me. My VCAA rights were violated. They agreed, but they remanded me for a third VA opinion. And what do I get? They remanded for a cardio opinion, and I get a PA's opinion. I got a hold of it, the opinion. I knocked that guy down in a heartbeat. I knew more about cardiology than he did. I sent my lay medical opinion uh, to the board immediately. And then, now this is odd, to cover my rear end even further, I ordered a forensic cardio opinion, and I paid for it. Well, here I get a decision in the mail a short time later, maybe a month later, and the board had sent me already two decisions for two veterans that had nothing to do with me. So uh, I contacted their POA and got that straightened out. I figure, oh, hell, I got another, uh, mistakenly, I got another uh, decision that probably belonged to some veteran. And I put it on the table, and I didn't open the big brown envelope for three or four days. And I opened it, and I won. I won. And then I, it, I, it, it, I figured it out, three, four, and three against. It, it went well beyond relative equipoise. I mean, I wanted them to say I sent them a crap load of evidence. <laughs> but they didn't, wouldn't say that. They focused in on But you're right. Uh, you know, two opinions are better than one, and three opinions are better than two. And as a matter of fact, that goes for buddy statements, too. Three yeah, is overwhelming. Yeah, one buddy statement might do it. But, boy, if you can get two or yeah. three... It's better, you know, for us, things where you need a buddy statement. But I'm going to let Jay Basser get in here. I'm going to uh, 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 hang up, guys, but I'm going to listen to the rest of the show through the website. And I just hope uh, a lot of people are listening in because uh, if they're not, they're going to be missing a lot. So good, uh, good night, you, everybody, Bert. and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Berta, and thanks for calling in. Yep, you're welcome, and uh, I've got to figure out how to apologize to Ray Cobb and get his 1151 issue squared away, you know. Ray, Ray, lot, don't, get his Ray, yeah. Ray don't, don't get his feelings hurt very easily. Oh, good. I, I felt terrible when I realized that I had missed what he put in my profile. I felt terrible about it. And then no. I felt even worse, James, when I knew that you referred him to me. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, Ray, Ray, Ray is a fine fellow. Oh. Well, well, well that's good. Well, um, Happy New Year, guys. Cookies. I'm going to listen to the rest of the show, and I'm going to hang up my phone. 
uh, before I start getting a lot of static. And, oh, have you given out the number yet, guys, for any call-ins? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think we have. Folks, uh, if you have a question or comment, uh, please call in the number 347-237-4819. Now, this call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. And then to get in the queue with us, just hit the number one. So... Uh, well, Berta had some good information there, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, these Agent Orange claims uh, statewide, I'd like to see them get more and more successful because we do know they used it. Uh, I imagine they used it everywhere they sprayed the herbicides. Uh, if it, when they had Agent Orange, they used it. Well, you know, when I filed my claim, Gerald, the DOD and the VA both said, Mr. Cripps, we never, ever used Agent Orange in the continental United States, period. <laughs> they can't say that anymore. No, they can't. And uh, according to the Corps of Engineers, they used it in Alaska. Oh, well, now that was that was a different agent orange. It was the commercial grade. <laughs> yeah. 245-T, according to the uh, uh, Corps of Engineers. And I said, how can you argue with the Corps of Engineers? I, I have a... a a letter. It, it was I posted it on Hattie years ago, and the letter is from the uh, from the engineer engineering department, uh, environmental department at Fort Gordon, and he says we didn't use Agent Orange at Fort Gordon. We used two four D two four five T. That was one of the best pieces of evidence I ever ran across. (laughs) That's a good one. I'd like to get a letter like that. Well, then when I got that in my hands, I sent a copy to the to the uh, agriculture uh, department of the state of Georgia and asked him to explain what that herbicide was. And he did in writing back to me. <laughs> <laughs> you had him, didn't you? I had him, yeah. Oh, I could not believe that the environmental department at Fort Gordon, Georgia, did not know the chemical makeup of Agent Orange. They denied they used it and then gave me the chemical formula for what they did use. <laughs> well... That was good of them. I don't know whether that was good of them or just dumb of them. I would, I would rather think it was dumb of them. <laughs> it might have been. Sometimes dumb luck is what it takes. But sometimes playing dumb, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. They knew it. But we got that, uh, you know... 
I think, and it, maybe it's just my, me, but I feel they used it in every post in the United States. Have you ever seen a poster base that didn't have a railroad track coming in and leaving out of it? Well, no, and I don't think you will either, would you? If nobody else did, then the railroad used it. That's how they kept their tracks clear. Well, and uh, if you had a pipeline running through any post, underground uh, wiring, uh, you know, they, uh, yeah, they used it. Sure they did. But, uh, like I said, they, they, uh, they're, they're trying to get around it saying that there was a commercial orange and a tactical orange. Well... Now, can you fall for that one, Gerald? No, I won't fall for that. Uh, can you fall for the fact that in Thailand, around the perimeter, they used tactical orange, but everywhere else inside the perimeter, they used commercial orange? <laughs> no, I wouldn't buy they that buying either. that one either. No. And uh, nobody in their right mind would. That'd go with their delivery method, how they applied it to be the only thing I could think of, because it's still the same. If you pull a banana, it's still a banana, whether it's green or yellow. When you break it down, if you can make them give, give you the chemical formula, they're both the same. Yeah, you're right. But then they get off on the, on the, on what they consider a fact is tactical orange may have been the same chemical makeup, but it was mixed much stronger. You know, I helped mix the stuff, and we didn't have anything to measure with. It was a dash of this and two dashes of that, you know. <laughs> yeah. As long as it killed a weed, that's all counted. That's right. Uh-oh. Yeah, and, and just any formula you wanted to, any any uh, mixture you wanted to mix it up in, it would kill the weeds and the coons and the deer and the frogs and the, <laughs> everybody else come around. And the worms. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, need, I need to pay more attention to the Agent Orange form on had it. Uh, and read it a little more often uh, and communicate with some of these people that are having problems stateside. Yeah, well, the biggest thing stateside is you got to prove direct, you know, you got to you got to prove direct exposure because there's no presumption. Yeah, it's got to gotta be direct exposure. There will never be a presumptive stateside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the be. hardest things. One of the hardest things to get across is, you know, a lot of the Blue Water Navy guys would win if they would strike out on their own and go for direct exposure in their own individual case instead of relying on a presumptive to ever be declared. It's not going to happen. I would agree with you on that, James. Because yeah, strike out on your own. Look how many years they've been fighting that man, all for naught. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you can only beat a dead horse so much, and 
if you ain't got enough <laughs> sense to realize, that's a dead horse. And well, it's the same thing with the tile Same thing with the tile sure Yeah, don't they sure have to go be... direct exposure? No, they got a presumptive if they, if they can prove they were on the perimeter. But if oh, they can't put right. themselves on that perimeter, then they need to strike out on their own on a direct exposure claim. Yeah. And they can win it because I've helped them win it. I've got a feeling presumptive will take over one of these days for face that covers, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, it's going to be far enough down the road to where uh, most of the veterans will all be dead. Oh, will be dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's the plan, I'd say. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, you know, I'm just uh, I'm very lucky and thankful that after 40 years I was able to prove my exposure. But it could have taken me the rest of my life and beyond, you know. Yeah, you're right. It, it very well could have. Yeah, it could have just and, never happened, period. And uh, that'd be a great shame because, you know, and it should have been proven up long before you ever come along. Sure, sure it should have. Uh, but I just think the VA thought that nobody ever could prove it. Uh, I had the evidence that if they, if the charge would have been hanging, somebody would have been hanging from a tree because I had the evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. It wasn't a likelihood. Mine was beyond a reasonable doubt. If somebody, you know, if somebody went up against you on a murder charge with the kind of evidence that I had, you were going to be swinging from a tree. You know, James, uh, I feel the the way the VA operates and what they put a veteran through, when a veteran proves them up to be a liar and a sleazeball like they are, the veteran ought to get triple benefits, triple benefit, or triple retro, or, or at least some interest. Uh, I mean, it's got to be where it costs them so much money. They quit playing these games. They know good and well what what transpired. They got all the records for crying out loud. They know every barrel of Agent Orange, every five-gallon bucket or whatever of it. Uh, We're playing with the same... We're playing with the same rules they're playing with, but we're playing in their ballpark. Well, yeah, they got all the... Yeah, we, we don't ever get to play a home game. <laughs> yeah, we don't ever have a home game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they keep all the balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, our poor pitcher, he ain't got nothing to throw. Uh, but they should have to monetarily, because look how many veterans have passed on due to the fact they just can't prove their claim up. And they don't even get a... What about all these guys, you know, you're talking about a new ship's lift coming out. They keep adding to it. 
What about all these guys that are dead now that were on those ships? That's right. Where's their Where's their justice? Thing is, well, yeah. unfortunately, they don't have any unless their family can come in behind them. They're putting hairs in the ships, though, guys. They're going to the dates, docking dates, and things like that, and they're, they're starting to look at the deck logs in the ships, and they're saying that Stephen Jones and Stephen Billy Bob went to shore for 15 seconds to take a dump or something like that, you know, and uh, that's how they're, they're, they're trying to feel out of that, too. Well, I don't know, but for whatever reason, they're, they're not getting the job done, and uh, like Jim said, they ought to go for direct exposure and uh, say they washed my clothes, I bathed in it. And, uh, it. Don't they have proof that them water purifiers on the ships that couldn't filter that out, Agent Orange? Well, we, we managed to win it for the Australian Navy. I think for so. For that exact reason. Rather, rather so. than... Yeah, it just concentrates. Yeah. The water purification uh, condensers concentrates the dioxin level. That's that right. filter it out. It just, yeah. And uh, so why couldn't that evidence be used in this country? Well, we did it in, in Australia and we did it in New Zealand for those troops. Yeah. But the U.S. won't recognize their, you know, evidently, Australians are built a little bit different, and, and New Zealanders are built a little different than Americans. Americans evidently can take a little more dioxin, you know. Must be. Uh, didn't Canada award their uh, troops also? Uh, yeah, Gagetown. Uh, I was in on that. We won that. But now what they were doing, the, the uh, Canadian government paid the U.S. government to spray at Gagetown. And yeah. then when everything died, they had they had Canadian troops out there cutting it, piling it, and burning it. But yeah, Gagetown won theirs finally. But things are different across Canadian border, you know, like those Canadians, you know. <laughs> and yeah. We can inhale more smoke down here and more and intake, intake more dioxin if you're American, and then it don't affect you, evidently. I guess we're tougher. Yeah, yeah, tougher people. Must be. Try telling them they get that. <laughs> Maybe they scream louder than we do. I don't they know. did scream loud. They did scream loud. They were <laughs> dropping like flies. Well, yeah, what's, that on the, what's that on the boot? <laughs> but you know nobody has screamed louder than the Blue Water Navy. They're That's just falling on deaf ears. Well, we had John. We had John Wells on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's he's definitely dejected with it, but uh, he. he Seems to be pretty op- you know, optimistic that things are going to happen, so we'll see. Uh, I'd like to see Jeff Miller. Man, if Jeff, Jeff Miller was Secretary of Department of Veterans Affairs, I believe Blue Water Navy would get it, and I believe we would all have an easier time. 
I think you're right. Uh, He's been there. He's seen it. You know, he knows what's happening. He's a... How do you and Gerald like to have a card to put in your back pocket if you want to go to the doctor and go to the doctor that you know outside the VA and have the VA pay for it every time you go to him? That'd be a, that'd be a pretty good deal, wouldn't it? I don't think we'd have to do that if the VA could be held accountable. And I mean really hold them accountable. That's I think you'd see a, a different VA over. world. I think you'd see a different VA world if some of them could be held accountable. You uh, bet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jeff Miller's wanting to do. He's wanting to do some firing. Yeah, there's a bunch of firing going on. Actually, the regional offices are the root cause of a lot of problems anyway, so if they get that straightened out, it might help a whole lot. Well, there are some sweethearts that work for the VA. But man, there are some low life too. Yes, they are. And uh, yeah, you got a mix. I don't know what's got them so bitter. Whether working with the VA for so long, they just become cold stone hearted. You know, they yeah. ain't nothing gonna bother them, and they don't want you bothering them. It seems like there's a groove, and when you go to work for the VA, you get in that groove, and you just refuse to get out of it. Yeah. That's yeah, a rut. I used to, yeah. used to be, I used to work there. It's a rut, not a groove. Oh. And they see nothing wrong with what they're doing. You know, it's the standard. Everybody's trying to rip them off. They think that money's theirs. That's their bonus money. They've got me well, you got that right, money. too. You got that right, too. That's the first thing they need to do is get rid of that bonus money. We negotiate the contract with the VA and the union. Get that squared away before it's halfway reasonable. Then they need to roll know. some ads. <laughs> I would, I would in, the hat, end, in the end, I work like I work. So the guys that's serving now will all come home to the same thing that I came home to. Yeah. I'd like to make a difference. And we know there's a lot going to be Already sick veterans coming back from the Middle East, and they're going to have a rough road to hoe, too. Sure. And it's not right. It's not right. The system has to be fixed. You know, there's no difference in the veteran coming back now and the veteran that came back 40 years ago. You're you're right, and we should be treated the same. Sure. And uh, if you're sick, you should be able to get the help. If you need compensation, you should be able to get it without waiting 15, 20 years to get it. 
And if you need a caregiver, it shouldn't be denied because you were were uh, pre nine eleven, and you shouldn't be granted because you're post nine eleven. That's right. That's not, now, yeah, that that was totally unfair. Uh, uh, why, you know, to me, a veteran's a veteran, and that's the bottom line right there. Pre nine eleven and post 9-11 should never have been entered in the picture. It should have been veteran. That's right. You know, my wife's taking care of me. Her time is just as valuable as a post nine eleven wife. Yes, sir. Uh, I certainly can't say that. I do. I've seen some nice looking post nine eleven wives now. Let me tell you, but my wife ain't all that bad. Of course, yeah. she's standing here. I got to say that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> Well, if, uh, if my wife, if my wife hadn't have been here night before last, I would have been dead by daylight. Mm. I got up and my sugar had dropped, and I made it to my recliner. I was going after my sugar pills, and I, I didn't make it. I made it to my recliner, and I had on my CPAP mask, and I was hollering for her, and I didn't realize I had on my CPAP mask. And I reached over and dialed my cell phone. On my cell phone, I dialed the house number, and it woke her up. And she come and got me something. She got some sugar down me. Man. That was a close one. Keep keep that stuff by your bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. What was it? We had one lady on here, Sylvia. She said to eat a lot of meat protein or peanut butter before you go to bed. That kind of helps keep you from crashing during the night. I don't usually crash during the night, but I did then. Yeah, that can be really dangerous. I was 10 foot from my field jacket, and my field jacket pocket had those pills in it, those sugar pills. Yeah. And I just couldn't I couldn't make it that other 10 feet. I couldn't get out of my recliner. It felt like I weighed 10,000 pounds. Oh, Lord. Uh, you, were, you were getting close. I don't even know how I come up with the idea to pick up my cell phone and dial the home phone number. But I did, and and that woke her up, and she come in here looking, and she said I was incoherent when she got in here. I don't know. But anyway, that, that that's uh, that's what my wife means to me, and she's not post nine eleven; she's pre nine eleven. Yeah. Well, she should be compensated too. Well, like I say, she's given up the rest of her life to to make mine livable. Uh, I certainly thank her for it. Yeah. We're lucky, the ones of us that have wives at home that help us, we're really lucky, fortunate. Yeah, yeah. 
support, if nothing else. All too many don't have that. Right. Well, you know, I hate to say this, but doggone it, James, we're, we're totally out of time. We never give enough time, Gerald. <laughs> well, I don't know what it is. I think it's John's fault. I think it is, too. It's showing. Yeah. John did. John, if you'll have us on again, we'll, we'll, we'll promise we'll give you a chance to say something next time. Yeah, doggone it. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll come back next week, you know, James. We need to finish this conversation because we got to get this information out there about this direct exposure stuff and they don't use in the U.S. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's a lot of folks. You know, we aren't covering a lot of veterans here on this Agent Orange thing. Uh, and there's a lot of them that are sick, deathly sick, uh, uh, because of Agent Orange. And all too many are just not aware why they're so sick. Uninformed. Uninformed. We're gonna we're gonna have the best of shows next Tuesday in Bass Rye or so. You know, if you well, want to come in and join us you can, James. Uh yeah. when is that? Me too at the same time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If I'm free I'll do that. I'll check my calendar and make sure, but yeah. Okay. I mean it's all this stuff. I mean it's exposure to this and that, you know, we girl and I we 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 call ourselves exposed vets, so we need to get all this stuff out there for these people to learn and, and understand, especially about the best and you know all these shit and stuff that's got it on there and had it. So but, uh, that's kind of my cup of tea. Yeah, exposed to death. That's it. John, how far are you from Grand Rivers? Grand Rivers is, uh, oh, about two and a half, three hours. I'm, I'm in Lexington. So oh, I thought you were uh, there. No, I mean, we, we love going to Grand Rivers. We love, we love going to Patty, Kentucky Lake, things like that. Now, what's the place you've been eating at down there? Uh, we ate Patty's, and then, and then there's a, a famous fish place. Uh, on the way to Benton, Kentucky, not far from Patty's, and then we go to the to the theater there and see the shows. With the veterans group went a couple of weeks ago. There were thirty of us. Got Ray Cobb and his wife in on it. They went with us. Hmm. I'm okay. going back up to Indianapolis. I'm going back to Indianapolis to port to pick up that trailer. Oh, am yeah. I coming your direction? No, nah, they're about uh, when you when you go up sixty five, are you you want to sixty five? Yeah, we'll go sixty five. I get off the parkway and cook off the lake. I'm about seventy two miles from E Town. Yeah. Yeah, but I come down that way and once in a while we'll get together because I come nice work. Yeah, sometime when you when you down this way can call. Yeah, we'll have lunch together or something. That'll work because I'm usually down there several times a year anyway. So, you know, we yeah, can, give me a call. I can contact Ray Cobb and, and we'll just get together and have lunch. That might work. Yeah, Daryl said he was fine. 
Yeah, Gerald yeah. said he was buying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy it. Oh, no, I'm. I went and seen Gerald. I heard that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way to drop in there now. <laughs> yeah, just order whatever you want. Well, he... <laughs> Tell him I'll be right you in know, to pay the bill. You want us to just sit there and wait till you get your yeah, wire transfer completed? <laughs> yeah, just wait. And then we went down to... Gerald and Stretch and I, we all met down in Arkansas, down in this town called Green Forest, Arkansas, back in 2011. Yeah. And, uh, we had breakfast together. It was a beautiful place. I mean, it was a big space. Some of the best food they ever ate. And uh, we all met for a while, and we took off, and it wasn't two months later until an F5 tornado took Gerald out of his house for a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was. Four of us veterans got together. We're all 100% veterans. We got together and went up to Fort Campbell and spent some time up there going through the motor pools. And we met some fantastic guys up there. Uh, then we went over to nursing home and visited some of the guys. Well, it's a veterans home and visited some of the guys we know over there. And we went and had dinner together. And uh, the camaraderie was just unbelievable. Uh, Veterans should get together and do things like that more often. Well, if we didn't all live so far apart, we could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say you can look to Fort Knox to the Patton Museum and move it to Alabama. Yeah, I, I'd like to go to Fort Knox one day and take a look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd uh, like going there and waste some gold. Yeah, I'd yeah. go in there and help you look get help money. Yeah. Yeah, help count money. <laughs> Love getting they close could, to it. <laughs> they could trust me. I wouldn't mark off with much. Uh, you wouldn't get close to the building. <laughs> you ain't allowed, oh you ain't allowed to take pictures of it. They'll get you. <laughs> oh, my. They catch you taking a picture. You, they catch you taking a picture. You go to jail. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when I went to Fort Camp, Fort uh, Gordon, they confiscated my camera. And erased all of my pictures. Oh, Federal Marshal. Yep. Federal Marshal. Uh, but he didn't ask me if I had any more. I had a disc laying on the dash that had 100 pictures on it. Uh-huh. And, and when I got them, got back with them, I had them put them on the news. <laughs> <laughs> my truck's got a thing on the side of my console. It's got a little split in it where you put stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, the crack. I, I, I drop it in there and it to the crack. <laughs> well, I had a, a stack of business cards with a rubber band around it laying on the dash. And when I changed disc in my camera, you know, the little, it's not a disc, little square thing. SD card. Damn yeah, I just, I just put it, it, slid it in between that stack of business cards, not trying to hide it, but to keep from losing it. And it was laying right there on the dash. He didn't ask me if I had another one. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, guys, i got to get off here and get to situated. So um, I'll see you all again Tuesday. Well, hey, enjoyed it. Okay. Right. Thanks for coming on, James. And thank yeah, you, anytime, Carol. And, anytime, uh, Carol. Folks, I uh, hope you all liked the show tonight. 
If you didn't, tune in again next week. Maybe it'll be better. We'll talk to y'all. Uh, this will be Gerald Cook with uh, Had It Podcast. We'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the HadIt.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by HadIt.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of HadIt.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of HadIt.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.